Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Hi, Jim. We talked a while back about a problem with moisture coming up through my slab. By the way, the liquid shower pan worked great over the hot mop tar that was underneath the old wood floors. And and just fill you in on what that is because this was actually a caller out of Houston that had flooded. Their wood floors were shot, but they were having a problem with moisture coming up through the concrete. Well, old wood floors, they used hot tar to seal the concrete and glue down wood screeds that they would put the wood floors on. And he was chipping all that stuff up and needed a sealer because he was getting some moisture up through the concrete. So I told him, you don't need to take it all off. Just seal over the top of it. You can use, they have a liquid shower pan and they work very well and that's what he used and yeah it sounds like it worked great for him as well anyways what he says is I was going to use radon seal over the rest of the slab that had been tiled but I was wondering what product would you recommend as a good concrete sealer hydrostatic water barrier to keep the moisture from penetrating up through the slab also what do you think of a product called Echo Etch Pro instead of Acid for etching the slab prior to sealing. Jim, thanks for a great show and all your help. Well, let's start with the Echo Etch Pro. You have to look at whatever sealer you're going to use and see what they recommend. If they recommend the Echo Etch Pro, go with it. If they recommend Acid Etching, go with the Acid Etching. Because if you start mixing matching and don't follow the instructions, they got no liability if it doesn't work and they they really can't help you so you know it, again if the instructions say use echo etch pro use it but if they don't and it says to use acid use the acid as far as what products to use the two that i always recommend are one is from quickcrete they make a great sealer the other is from deitch coatings now quickcrete you can actually go buy off the shelf You'll find it at box stores, hardware stores, lumber yards, places like that. As far as Deitch Coatings, it's an order online only. And the website is Deitch, D-A-I-C-H, Coatings.com. Now, if you want to go beyond that and you want to get into the stuff that commercial contractors use, go to one of the white cap stores. Or they actually they go by uh, HD Supply now more so than the white cap. It's still under white cap, but HD Supply, it's a contractor type store, but go in and tell them you need a concrete sealer and they will have the stuff that's used commercially and industrially to seal concrete. And they sell to the public, so you, you won't have an issue going in there and uh, getting some of those. Jack and Irving, how are you today? Fine, thank you. Ten years ago, I sprayed a radiant barrier on the underside of my roof. And my question being, does that ever lose its effectiveness? No. It'll 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 be as effective now as it was ten years ago. Understand though, spray on radiant barriers have a a blockage rate of about sixty sixty five percent back then. And that's if it was mixed proper and, and everything applied properly. A foil barrier has typically a 95 to 97% blockage rate of the heat. 
So okay. it's not the most efficient way. In fact, technically, the sprays are not ba a radiant barrier, but they do virtually the same thing. Okay, well, that's good information. The second thing, if I may, I have a single window that uh, opens and closes horizontally. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Hear me all I all I can hear is music. Yeah, I, I'm having to go to the news, traffic, and weather, so I'm going to put you on hold, Jack, and we'll come right back to you after the news, traffic, and weather. When we left, I was talking with Jack, and Jack, I'm sorry, you had another question going when we had to go to news, traffic, and weather. Yes, sir. I have a single window that opens and closes horizontally. Uh-huh. And the glass is fine. There's not a seal leak. But it seems like the frame of the glass is not squared with the, what, the hole in the wall, so to speak. Okay. And I've had this looked at by, you know, a nationwide uh, glass builder. But the problem exists, and and I don't know. Should I call them again, or is there somebody? I get a feeling like that whatever the window fits into is not plumbed and squared. Well, and that's not unusual, though, when, when a structure is built, that the the opening is not plumb and square. That's why, you know, there's there's gaps on the sides where they can adjust the window to make it square. So... Uh, and, and I'm kind of missing because it's not like you're saying that the glass itself isn't square, but the window frame is. Well, you know, the glass is fine. Okay. And the frame, the frame that fits around the glass, you know, is that seems okay, but you know that fits into the wall. Right. And it's like what it fits into in the wall. Uh, they're not squared together, so. At the top, it looks like the pane is sloping down. Gotcha. Okay, and I don't know who to call or what to do. Well, r really, any anybody who installs windows should be able to take that out and reinstall it. Here's the problem you're going to run into, though. Uh-huh. A, a window on const new construction is installed... It has a flange around the outside of it, and that's what they nail to the two by fours. So sure. if you've if you've got a brick siding or or wood that comes all the way over it, it's got to be removed in order to take and make an adjustment, or you got to replace the window. Well, what is the siding on it? That's a brick. Okay. If it's a brick-sided home, uh, you really don't want to try to adjust that window. I mean, someday you'll—is it a single pane or is it a double pane glass? It's a—it's a double pane, and I was hoping to replace that with you know a triple pane. Okay, if that's the case, whenever they do the replacement, they should be able to make the adjustments at that time. But yeah. until then, I would leave it alone because the cost in order to do that is going to be pretty well let me put it this way you'll probably buy a replacement window 
for the cost of what it would take to actually just replace or, or sure. repair that one. Ken, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hi. I was uh, actually calling to ask about the uh, the galvanized pipe issue. Okay. And, uh, my son's buying a home, and uh, it's got galvanized piping in it. And I thought I'd heard something about they can, like, uh, put a plastic coating in that. There is a, a system called e-pipe, and yeah. it's uh, from Ace Duraflow. And basically what they have to do is they remove all the fixtures, you know, the faucets and stuff. They mm -hmm. sandblast through the pipes to clean everything out and then blow an epoxy resin through there to seal it all up. And if if your house is fully occupied, you know, you got sheetrock and everything in it, it, it is very well worth taking a look at that. Okay. Uh, because, uh, you know, if you it can save you a ton on replacing all the, you know, repairing all the sheetrock and such. Right. Uh, what we were just talking about, yeah, what we were just talking about is if the walls are already open, it's cheaper then to go with new pipes. Talking with Ken, and Ken, you were asking, how can you tell when it's time to do something with the old galvanized pipes? Right. Can you do a pressure and, test? No, because if you've got a leak in the line, you're going to know it. The The water is coming in at 50 to 80 PSI, and so if there's a leak, it's going to be spraying, and you're going to know it. Okay. There's two things that tell you that it's time to do something with your old galvanized pipes. One is if you have a leak, like we were just talking about, and it, you, know, you keep getting leaks in different places, then it's time to do something with the pipes, whether you replace them or do the e-pipe system. The other is if you're water flow gets so slow uh you know that it's just driving you nuts you're not getting full pressure any longer because the the right. pipes have just corroded so much inside uh yeah that you can no longer of, yeah inside those pipes before and it's that rush just clogs it up on the inside so yeah and if that's the case you got a choice of either replacing them or you know, putting the e-pipe system in it. Uh, and now one thing, and I had a, a buddy of mine, uh, Jay, just sent me a text saying, uh, and he's, he's in the insurance business. He says that uh, you might also check into your insurance on your home because there's a lot of insurance companies who will not insure the, the homes with the galvanized pipes. Oh, really? Wow. And so by replacing it, you may be open and opening yourself up to more insurance carriers as well. And I, I did not realize that, but he's in the insurance business. And uh, so I, I know there's a lot of things that insurance companies look at when they are deciding what they're going to insure and how much they're going to charge. So apparently what type of plumbing pipes you have is one of them. Okay. All right. Well, thanks very much. You bet. Bob, how are you today? Good, thank you. Uh, I've got a question about floors. I've I've got a, I'm going to re be replacing some ceramic tile, and I've been to a few places, and we're looking at like stranded bamboo or hickory because it's hard. Uh -huh. uh, the vinyl, uh, that luxury vinyl, that's supposed to be good, better as good as wood, and then of course laminate flooring. And I just 
we'd like an idea about what you think of of these types of floors. We want something hard that doesn't scratch and uh, doesn't stain. And we're, we get so many uh, ideas from different people that it's kind of a quandary about what to get. Well, your wood floors will scratch. Uh, the the regardless of what type it is now your your as far as your wood floors that bamboo is going to be your most forgiving because it, it it's a very durable floor um your laminates uh they hold up very well but is it going to be in a wet area no no it, it'll be in a family room okay so your laminates would be an option uh you you mentioned like the uh, the vinyl planks. Yeah, the they call it luxury vinyl, and it yeah. looks like wood, but they say that it, it you can put water on it and it doesn't hurt it. It's extremely durable. I have that in a couple of the offices, and I mean we're walking through it in mud and stuff like that, and it, and it cleans up nice, very durable. So that's yeah, an option as well. Uh, well, we wanted something to look more formal. Uh, yeah, like the solid wood. I guess you say uh, uh, we're more like wood snobs than, <laughs> than anything I, else. I am but, too. Uh, I still personally like wood in in my living areas. Uh, uh, do you have any pets in the house? Yes, we've got a couple of small dogs. Okay, so that I would probably I th I think you'd be all right if you went with the bamboo wood. All the other woods I would probably avoid. But truly, oh, okay. if you want the look of wood. And you want something that's extremely durable? Go take a mm -hmm. look at some of the wood plank tile. It comes in pieces as long as five feet now, uh -huh. and literally when it's on the ground, you cannot tell that that's not a wood floor down there. It's got oh, texture, okay. it's got color, it's got everything. And uh, for for people with pets and stuff, that that's really what I the the, mm -hmm. the way to go. Yeah, we have some oak that was that been here about fifteen or twenty years, and it is scratched by the dogs. Yeah, uh, playing. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Well, we'll we'll take a look at that. Okay. Yeah. Stop by one of your local floor and decors, and they they've got tons of it. Okay. We will. I appreciate your help. You bet. Take care. Jim, really enjoy your show every week. I'm dealing with a cast iron line leak beneath a slab foundation. I received three bids for the repair, which entails a considerable amount of trenching beneath the existing slab. Bids, bids range from 40000 to 70000 What's your experience with epoxy lining pipe restoration systems? Can you recommend a contractor who does that type of pipe restu restoration repair? Thanks a lot, Joe. Well, Joe, here's, here's the thing. You can slip line pipes you you know do do all that kind of stuff as long as it's a straight run when it's up under a foundation though you tease underneath there you got elbows and and different things where it just doesn't work and so you end up digging underneath to replace them the trenching you're talking about is typically called tunneling and if you're going to tunnel under the foundation it sounds like you got a pretty extensive amount of tunneling that needs to be done you want to make sure that not only are you uh, getting good pipes and that they're hanging them properly and all that stuff, but you got to make sure that the slab is underpinned as well. Because if they don't underpin it, I will guarantee you that foundation will move in a couple years.
because there is no way to put the soil back the way it was. So typically what you're having to do, they'll dig the tunnels, you'll hang the pipe, and by hangers I mean there should be a hanger at least every four feet that supports the pipe to keep it from going up or down. And then, you know, they'll backfill the tunnel, but before all the backfilling and all that stuff, any place where that tunnel crossed beams under the foundation, it needs to have a pier put in to support it because, like I said, it will settle again. And even once you put all the dirt back in, it is not unusual for that dirt to settle a foot because in that little space there, it's impossible to pack it back the way it was. So that could be one of the reasons you're getting bids ranging 40 to 70,000 because if one contractor's including underpinning, one's not, it can make a huge difference. The other thing you want to keep in mind, if you have any foundation movement at this time, you know, if you're opening up these tunnels to do that work, it may be the time to take care of the foundation problem as well. Larry, this is Jim. How can I help you? Yes, uh, I was wanting to put a metal roof on my house. Uh, it's a small house, about 1,000 square feet. It's a straight pitch from one side to the other, and I got shingles on it right now. Uh, what's the best way to do that? The best way to do it would be to take the shingles off and put the metal down. Now, how much pitch do you have, though? Uh, well, you said maybe. you got shingles on it now, right? Yes. Okay, if you got shingles on it, then you're, you will have enough slope to use a metal roof. You'll be fine. Right. Is there any kind of special underlayment? Not really. Uh, uh, the reason now, you know, a lot of roofers are going to tell you you can go over the shingles with the metal roof. I don't like it because it, it as the shingles deteriorate and curl up it with age and stuff like that, then it starts putting pressure on the metal roof. I personally like to go down on top of the plywood. Now, you'll have an underlayment just like a shingle would have, but beyond that, there's nothing special that you need to put underneath it. Uh, in some of the is it just a straight slope all the way across? There's no valleys or anything anywhere? Correct. Okay. Then, yeah, this this would be a pretty straightforward job. Are you going to do it yourself or are you going to have it done? I'm going to do it. Okay. If you're going to do it your, yourself, strip the shingles off, clean up the wood, you know, make sure you get all the nails and stuff out. Go. I would use one of the new... Uh, Felt papers. I wouldn't use the old black tar felt paper. Get the get right. the newer stuff that kind of looks like, uh, well, it almost looks like Tyvek, but it's not. And put right. that yeah. down. And then. Okay, I've seen it. Yeah, and then go from there. All right, sounds good. Thank you, sir. Yeah, Larry, you'll and and, and you know this is for everybody. If you're gonna do uh, what, what are you gonna use for metal? Are you gonna use corrugated or are you gonna use a standing seam? What what are you using? Um. I'm going to probably get some uh, from uh, Mueller. Okay. Metal roof. That'll, that'll be a, a probably a standing seam then. Uh, yeah. Cause, and Mueller gives you a, a, a really good selection. They'll also have the right fasteners, and that's going to be critical on that standing seam to make sure you use the right fasteners. 
and those guys right. over there, they're real nice to deal with. They'll give you instructions mm -hmm. as far as how how to properly install it and trim it and stuff. Okay, great. Okay. Thank you. Take you bet. Take care. This came in from Rosh and I have a two-story house with two units for each level. The heating is by gas. The problem is some rooms are getting enough heat and cooling and some are not. I have checked the vents which are open and clean. Can you please advise me what may be the problem and best solution? Thanks, Rosh. Well, here's what's happening. Your systems, it, uh, it sounds like you got four systems running in the house. They're not balanced. And so each system is going to operate a different portion of the home. If you got uh, two rooms on that system and one is, say, getting hot, the other one is not, it needs, the system needs to be balanced by putting dampers into the ductwork to redirect air from the room that's getting hot into the room that's not getting hot in the, in the winter months. In the summer months, it does just the opposite. But nonetheless, you need to have the systems what's called balanced. And that's where they put dampers into the ductwork so they can adjust how much air goes to each room. A lot of times people think they can do it by just closing off the register coming into the room. That won't do it. In fact, that a lot of times will make the problem even worse. So call a, a good AC company like uh, Advent Air. Let them come out, take a look at it, and take care of the problem for you because uh, there is zero reason to be uncomfortable in your home, especially when it's just a balancing problem like that. It is so simple to get them out, and really it doesn't cost that much. Yeah, and understand a lot of people are going to be dealing with insurance stuff here's the here's the do's and don'ts don't release your insurance check to somebody just because he's who you're going to hire get them out there working on it first many 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 people have been ripped off because they don't know the roofer they hand them the check and that roofer is gone deal with the local contractors not the storm chasers in other words guys like Arrington Roofing who've been here for years, I'm, they've been in, in uh, the Metroplex since, I think, 78, somewhere, somewhere in that given area, uh, under the same name, taking care of customers. That's what you're looking for. You don't want a fly-by-night roofer. So, and I know a lot of people had hail already. There's going to be more coming. You're going to need the number of a great roofing company. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.